The show you are about to listen to is intended for mature audience only. There will be things said that may not be appropriate for younger audience and may offend you. We at Whatever Talk would like to apologize in advance. But really, get over it. What up, though, folks? Welcome to Whatever Talk, the show where we talk about whatever we seem to be talking about at the time. I'm your host, Donnie, and I got my man, not Kevin. Joining me is my man, Raymond. Hey, y'all. How y'all guys doing? Awesome, awesome. So, you, you're not a podcaster. No, so, but I do watch podcasters and stuff, so I generally know podcasts, um, rules and gestures, all that dumb stuff, so yeah, but I have been on Zoom before, so this is something that I'm familiar with. All right, well, as far as those rules you know or think you may know about a podcast, it ain't got none. This show only has one rule, be yourself. We talking about whatever, whatever that's on your mind, speak your mind, don't be shy, this is your time to shine. That's the only rule. Be yourself. You don't have to uh, censor yourself. You don't have to worry about what you what you, what you try to say. You you can say it how you want to say it. Right. That's how whatever talk works. We love the taboo, and being you is taboo in this world. So you you want to tell some folks about about yourself? Like you ain't got you ain't got no nothing personal. You ain't got to give me your whereabouts. Just your your, your name again, just in case I didn't say it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, just some general information by myself. As you know, my name is Raymond. I'm 36 years old. In fact, my birthday is going to be this month. So you can probably say that I'm going. Uh, I'm 37 right now. So because my birthday is June 28th. So um, originally from Detroit, West Side, but now, Westside? yeah, but now. <laughs> I live out here and stuff in Southfield and stuff for like the past year. And Still been, the West Side? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much the stuff, but it's not um, Wayne County, it's um, Oakland County now, so it's totally different stuff, but you all know <laughs> that. Yeah, and that's pretty much about weird stuff for right now, so yeah. But I'm quite sure that y'all guys will see more of my traits and more of my personality after um, Conversation, uh, uh <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, man, just yeah, loosen up, man. You, we right. already talk, man. We, me and you right, already right. conversate on a uh, right, on a common right. basis. So, man, the same way you be at at uh at work with me. Let the, we about to let the niggas know who be watching this exactly how they are niggas. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk about everybody probably in this particular episode because it's gonna be mm-hmm. some reparation talk. Oh, mm-hmm. you sent me a video about uh how Christians don't approve of reparations. Yeah, that pretty much the gist of it. And there was some uh people actually it was a politician on there. Her name was Monica's um got her last name and it was with Tariq Nasi and a couple of other guests. And basically, one of the major things and stuff, as you have seen on there, that she has said that she believes that we should not have to pay reparations because, in a nutshell, Jesus had forgave in our sins. Yeah, so, yeah. 
But yeah. also stuff in that same <laughs> video stuff, if you remember, Tariq um, did say that pretty much that's how generally people are because when you look at reparations from the Jews, the Japanese, and whoever had been wrong, everybody would be like, hey, there's no complications. There's no, okay, we got to do a study where stuff and so forth. It's just go on here, cut the check um, just like that. But when they come to us, now all of a sudden people just act dumb. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And they just, they, any old crazy darn thing as you've seen in that video and stuff and um, so forth. Not only that, but it's the same ways that will come to black people in general. Just like yourself, we'll come to um, out there and ease up saying that, okay, ease up is some sort of mystical island or continent or or or, or city apart from um, Africa and stuff. And yeah, there's no <laughs> way that no black people have ever been from um, Egypt or wherever. I mean, probably the same way, man. So it's like, you know, once you have seen enough, you know what to expect, pretty much. Um, first of all, uh, these are the most typical white people I have heard. And basically what you're saying is the same old, same old. Yeah, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Because these white people do exactly what white people do, especially if they have their own type of variation of a talk show. You just listen to them talk. They talk as if, basically, they talk in a manner of, okay, get over it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they just, okay, get over it. And then you have the ones like in this particular one uh, that brings religion into it. And Jesus pays for all our sins, but yet they were, they doing what typical Christians do is pick and choose what parts of religion that you want to believe in, because you got, they were, they were stating that how they don't agree with forefathers or, you know, generations paying for the forefathers sins or whatever, because, it, you know, it, it wasn't them doing it, so it, it why should it fall on them? They, they don't agree with that, but here you are saying Jesus paid for their sins. Right. Isn't that implying that he's paying for the our sins for our forefathers' faults? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm like, how can you say Jesus paid for our sins and you don't believe in forefathers and generations paying for forefathers' um, sins? But here you are talking about Jesus paid for this junk from the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I believe in the Bible, isn't it a scripture in the Bible that says that the sins of the father will be begotten onto the son or something like that? Yeah, because... That's that's what the whole all that that promised land BS talk. And then like, oh well, well, you did something that I'm not that I don't that I don't like. So therefore, you won't see the promised land. And your generations to come won't see the promised land because you didn't obey me. Like, well, first of all, they don't know nothing about you because they ain't boring yet to even know what you are about so I ain't even born yet and I gotta pay for somebody else's sins but 
Jesus did it though. You don't believe in that. You don't believe in I ain't born yet and I got to pay for somebody's sins. That's BS to y'all, but y'all believe that Jesus paid for the BS that I ain't even did yet. <laughs> See? They don't have an argument for their own argument when it comes to religion and when it comes to supremacy. Because they use that godly persuasion. Mm-hmm. They play the I don't know what you're talking about game. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you, did you, uh, you hear my man talking about gave a description of what white supremacy is? Mm-hmm. And then you know, uh, and then they turn around and say, well, that's not supremacy. That's not the definition of supremacy. Supremacy means power and authority. And, and that's part of the I don't know what you're talking about game because, first of all, again, we didn't say supremacy. We said white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how they do, do the whole... You remember how I said uh, uh, how we spoke of uh, speaking speaking so-called white and black is not how they portray it, but if it is a thing, speaking white will be speaking the justice system, how they use the words define as they defined as. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we don't know the definition of these words that they be using, but they speak like that. They speak to each other. And then not only do they speak to each other, they speak to the rest of the population like that. Mm-hmm. As if we know the, the definitions of all these words and they know that we don't know the definitions of all these words, but that's how they talk. So if we're using the Ebonics version of that word, and we society actually believe that the Ebonic version of the word is the definition of the word. Often we use these words that we often speak on a common basis in a context of different from the actual meaning of the word. But commonly we speak it and we know what we're talking about, or at least we know what we think we're talking about. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All in that video, that's how they were talking, as if what he's talking about, uh, I forget his name. What, 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 the, the black guy who was talking in there, I forget his name. You talk about Tariq? Yes. They were they were talking as if they generally don't know what the heck he's talking about, even though they know what he's talking about, which is why they're using the words that they choose to use, but they try to act like they don't know what he's talking about, like how we don't commonly use the phrase white supremacy versus supremacy by itself. You know what we mean when we say white supremacy and not just the word supremacy. We know we know a lot about what these words mean, but on a common basis in society, we we use it in the ebonics context versus using it what the actual word means. Therefore, here we are saying white supremacy, and that's ebonics to them. Or at least they play it as if it's ebonics and say, oh no, that's not what white supremacy is. That that's supremacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to this video, but the whole video 
was just a whole bunch of white people talking white. And I didn't see the, the video per se because I was driving while listening to it. So I don't know if it was actual video content because it seems like from what I heard that it was, as usual, the black, the soul black representing the, the whole generation of black. And then you got multiple whites coming at them with their white BS. That's what it sounded like. Was it uh, more than one black there? Um, I believe it was and stuff, but he was like in the hour and stuff. And also, I believe in that same video, it was another black person, but she was on the side of the uh, white people wears of the soul. So it was actually other black people, but Tariq was like the main one. But oh, so that's see. why it sounded like a bunch of whites because he got this freaking other black using their dialect. <laughs> Not only that, but also it, 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 it wasn't really a video on feed. It was based just mainly audio because they was using, I don't know if you um, heard of um, Twitter um, space. No, I haven't heard of that. I have two things to solve on, on that, um, two points to stuff. What do you think when Tariq was describing white supremacy, then all of a sudden the white lady said that, well, they're pretty much the same way as black supremacy. And then he has said, well, by definition, as you always don't say, there's no such thing as two supremacies and stuff because one has mm-hmm. been over the another one. What's your thought about that? Uh, of course, uh, I agree with him because as he went on to not only elaborate more on it, when he would give an opportunity because, oh, white would love to cut you off. <laughs> So when he elaborated more and gave examples of it, and one of the prime ones, which is a, a real thing that we see in reality, is he said, well, Blacks can't kill and then just walk the streets and go home. Mm-hmm. She said, <laughs> you know, she, she said, well, what do you mean by that? She, she like, she couldn't. That's the, I don't know what you're talking about, Gabe. Like, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Do you mean it? These, he used um, the rifle toting white boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rittenhouse. Yeah, as, mm-hmm. uh, he used him as multiple examples how you can just kill and get to go home. They tossed that man a, a, what, a water bottle, a Gatorade, to I guess he wasted his electrolytes killing those people he didn't kill or shooting those people he didn't shot. And mm-hmm. what'd he do? He went home. Mm-hmm. What did the, um, the Floyd murderer do? Oh, killed, mm-hmm. killed this person. I mean, he went home. Mm-hmm. He even had the privilege of this thing that they say that we have called innocent to proven guilty. Mm-hmm. You get to go home like he did and prep for his sentences, stock the pantry, go to Walmart and and all that stuff, you know, like he did. Mm-hmm. That's what he, he, she's, they, they still acting like, oh, that was different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's white supremacy, not 
supremacy, how they just want to, oh, not just supremacy. No, that's white supremacy. You know the contacts of white supremacy versus just the contacts of supremacy. We know supremacy just means a being taking control, total control. Mm-hmm. But we said white supremacy, which is globally known as what you see in reality, what mm-hmm. you see on the Rittenhouse examples, what you see on the Floyd Murderer examples, the what's her name, Micaiah, uh, the It Mateos murderers. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we can go back even further. We can mm-hmm. even go, we can even use Jesus since she wanna they want to bring religious and stuff into it. They murdered this man, and what did they do? Went home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, yes, yes, I agree with him 100 percent And listen, just go, I urge listeners and you. If you didn't catch it the first time, to go listen to it again. Just listen to the freaking white dialogue that you hear all the freaking time coming from white people playing the I don't know what you're talking about game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so and first another thing in the video, what do you think when he has said that basically what really um this is about is that one, white people base their identity on how bad black people are. So they feel like that anything that black people get, that's like a no-no stuff and thus what comes to reparation or any form of justice and stuff. So it's like them um, taking a L. What you think about that? Put it that way, that's exactly how, I didn't see it from that perspective even though that is the perspective in general of what white people is and are or however you want to put it. So yeah, they do. They fit. Would you, How else can you explain why we're the only ones that don't get help? How else can you explain how we're the only ones that's globally globally hated. Mm-hmm. How else can you explain? We could bring it back to the States because they bring in immigrants. You know, oh, the immigrants, you know, we love the immigrants. So like, this, oh, I, I just, it just popped in my head. This is how white people talk. White people talk as an individual, even though they know when we say white people, people itself means not an individual person. So we're not talking about you who we talking to white person, talking as an individual. Obviously you're not being racist in the moment because you're in the moment of talking about racism. Mm. So if you're, yeah, you're going to do what white people do and be on your best behavior for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that and that's just assuming if you are racist, you probably believe that you're really not racist, or you're probably not racist. But again, we're not talking to you individually per se. We're talking about the ethnicity group. 
And that's mm. part of that godly persuasion, how white people talk. They talk to you as an individual, even though we're talking about all y'all niggas. Because <laughs> listen, again, go back. This is, I want this to be an example, this video to be an example. I'm gonna, uh, if I can remember, I'm gonna try to put the link to it in the uh, description of this episode. But yes. <laughs> Yes, just just watch them and listen to them. Yes, mm. how else can you explain? You saying you you welcome immigrants, and yes, mm. this is how America works. America yakety yak about how much we love immigrants. You we you know we welcome. This is an open country, but then here you are, shooting and turning away immigrants but at the same time you we got this long term term that stated go back to Africa which again I don't get it because before I could tell you we have to acknowledge that white people live in a sub-reality within reality and i say and i say sub reality within reality because what they do in their reality affects us in reality <laughs> in real reality they live in a sub reality within reality so when they say go back to africa here it is again them talking in that individual as if y'all niggas didn't come from off a ship too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why are you telling us to go back to Africa? You want to hop aboard a ship and we can drop you off on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And here you are claiming that this is y'all's country when you had to name it meaning that it wasn't yours. If you had to name it in or rename it from wherever it was, then it wasn't yours then. Why? Because your history that you wrote said y'all came off the ships with us and prior us. <laughs> you know, somebody, so yeah, man, I agree with this man. They, um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm extra long-winded on this one because it, it's, it's hilarious how civilization can't see through. Man, I keep saying can't. Because I, I, at this point, I, I, I see everything as a choice, especially at this, at this day and age. You know, so I, I can see, I, can, I don't quite get how civilization choose to let these niggas talk and do what they do as if they really don't know what the deal is, what the heck is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like these, these niggas are in your face talking about, what do you mean? Go back to Africa. What do you mean slavery? What do you mean? It's like... <laughs> What do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> well, let me see. 
white people. There's two things. What would change if they would be bold like they was back then doing slavery and even after slavery versus now? Because you know it's after the 60s there, as you say, their lingo had changed and stuff and they had to be more subtle with it and more quote, quote, politically um, correct um, with it and stuff. So they did that now versus back then, but if they was to go on ahead and just be bold with it and outright with it at this point, because as you've seen, um, as as time has been going on, slowly but surely, they have started to become more bold and to become like that. But at the same time, as you said, they're still subtle um, with it. So the question is, is that, hmm, the question is this, what's stopping them from just being bold with it like there was back then? And if they was to be bold with it, as it was back then, what was um what will um happen? Oh man, that is a dope question, man. Woo! Because the thing about yourself is like this. As you know, for the last past five or six years, as I say, they're becoming more bolder, bolder, and bolder. And if you look at it, see. Things has just been test runs and stuff from them doing certain things to seeing how we reacted to the latest um, incidents with down there in Buffalo and stuff. It's like now it's not only the cops shooting us, but now you have civilians outright going to majority black areas and shooting and they seeing our reactions, which is what? Because the biggest thing, as we were um, talking about before, is that in Buffalo, notice the reactions from the politicians to the don't black celebrities, crickets. But what came to that incident down there in Texas, it was like, you know, everybody was so sympathetic and calling black celebrities that was silent about the Buffalo incident. But what came to the Texas incidents, there was more vocal and stuff. So that says a lot. So they are watching our um, reaction to the point to where that's just emboldening them more and more. So I would say that in given time, they're going to be more bold and more forefront of how they feel and stuff because basically they are watching our reaction and stuff and watching how... Um, um, how we react to our own suffering, and they say to themselves, well, damn, if their own people don't care about them, then, hey, we can do whatever. I see where you're coming from. That's a freaking dope question for anybody who's who who thinking about stuff on this magnitude, on this level. This is what I would just call, what's that when you send the, uh, what's that soldier that that you send a scout. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you you will call scouting. This is them scouting for what's the best way that's going to ensure us x amount of years of enslavement before Abraham Lincoln happens again. Well, that wasn't on his heart. <laughs> that wasn't on his mind. That was an economic move for them. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just as superb as slavery itself. Basically, what he did was what's a I don't even know if it's the right word I'm using, but was an innovation of slavery. As far as being bold, man, I man, I, I've been saying that for the longest. I've been saying they've been looking for ways to revert things back to them kunta in them days. I don't know how long now. I've been saying that sometime in high school, and that was <laughs> over 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I also stated that when this pandemic went into shutdown, that's when they just just boom, just threw everything in there. Everything that they're trying to do, all that. This pandemic wasn't nothing but another form of segregation. What was segregation before this? This was an innovation of segregation. So uh, if you can, so to speak, at least from my perspective, because segregation back then was just separating whites and blacks and or whites from any other nationality, really. This one, you segregated from entire families, not just whites and blacks. And No, you separated from your own mom, from your own kids, if you if, if it happened to be, from your own in-house family that you grew up, that, that you have raised your wife and kids, you, know, you separated from them. If had be in some situations in this shutdown and we're out and about, people acting brand new, acting they don't, <laughs> literally acting like they don't know how to go outside, literally acting like they don't know how to be outside once they get outside. I'm like, niggas, it's only been a year and a half, if that. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, within that year, it don't act like y'all wasn't not going outside, whether it was going to the sidewalk and back or not. Don't act like y'all wasn't going outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got these, it's like they, it's like that Winter Soldier thing. Yeah, you seen that movie Winter Soldier? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the, the Marvel movie, they uh, mm-hmm. they capture him, spoke some words, activated that nigga. Mm-hmm. Government said COVID, <laughs> Corona, uh, pandemic, lock. I don't know, a combination of those words somehow activated the most retarded, <laughs> retarded people to become retarded. I mean, like, what the freaking heck? People acting like brand new as if the world that they woke up in yesterday is not. (laughs) So, yeah, if they were to go, they can go right now. They can literally go, what you just said, just flip the switch and we all back in chains right now. And it's going to be, and we going to let them because we letting them do it now. These niggas is already whipping us on horses at the border. You heard of, you read about that, seen that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then these niggas, and what did, what do golly persuasion say? They said, oh no, these were standard issue Patan like things. Wow. I didn't know a Patan can actually whoosh. You know what I'm saying? No, a Patan is a, is, is a, it's a pole. A whip 
is something you can literally zigzag across a whip, a whip. We know we know the difference between a a baton and a whip. True, even slaves back then, even they didn't know how to read and write, they knew the difference between a stick and a belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether they knew how to speak American or not. So yeah, they can do it right now because we're letting them do it to us now. They're coming on TV telling us exactly how we're going to act, what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and how we gonna react to what they're doing to us. And we're mm-hmm. doing exactly that. We're reacting to exactly how they say it. We gonna react to the niggas. And we letting them turn us back into niggas. And hey, you wanna be, hey, you out here repping real nigga anyway. So hey, might as well play the part then. We gonna be back in chains mm-hmm. for the ones who ain't gonna get killed. That, that is wild. It's wild. It's wild. And and our and our kids, our kids are <laughs> their emotions are so misled that they are lost cause anyway. With that being said, I have um two things and stuff, and this is like really a perfect segue to our next topic when it comes to purpose, but before we get to that, I want to respond to what you said because, yeah, because just like what we've been saying for the longest and stuff about how black people still have like a slave-like mindset stuff because we've been hearing it for the longest. It's really not physical. It's really mental and stuff to the point to where it's, it's just like what the late um, Dr. Wilson has said it's like, I don't know if I'm saying right, but it goes something like this and stuff. Don't quote me, but I believe she said something to, um, to the point to where it's black low self-esteem plus white supremacy equals black um, genocide. Because you have to oh, look at- hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yes, and stuff, yeah. and again, stuff, and that came from the uh, famous uh, Dr. Francis Cross Wilson, particularly in her book, The um, Keys to Color, the ISIS paper. And she had wrote that and stuff. And she had wrote a phenomenal um, chapter in one or two other chapters. She has described how the Black family and the breakdown of it was planned to go on here and replicate it like it was some um, slavery. So here you have this system called white supremacy, and then you had the black family, which was at one point real strong and stuff, but the black family was purposely broken up. So that way, the don't offsprings of the black family would be able to be um easily captured. I mean, um, captive to be uh-huh. back into don't slavery because. The black family is so decrepit and stuff and so broken that it's very um, bone broke that the kids from that community is easily um, um, drawn in into Uh whatever influences that's out there and thus they're easily able to get uh, picking off and stuff. And that's why I said, man, this nothing cool 
about the hood. There's nothing cool about <laughs> going on ahead and glorifying your own demise because that's basically what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Glorifying the hood is basically glorifying your own demise and stuff because there's nothing cool about being in the hood and stuff because if you talk to anybody from the hood, like Casey Point, because I was talking to a um fellow at work on one time, and he was basically um telling me how, yeah, he remember going to school and having to run home from school because he was afraid that he could get killed. You know what I'm saying? And then while he was telling me this, I was like, can you say that most people who have grew up you now experienced that unknowingly have PSD? Or PST, um, um, postal, yeah. um, traumatic, traumatic um, syndrome stuff, and thus many black people have undiagnosed um, mental um illness that that they don't know about. So when they come out to the stone world and going back to the black family with the conditions that they live in, because you have your environment and your upbringing. So both of those are already damaging as is and stuff. So a person that comes from that, they come out to a dumb world with a structure and they're unable to function and stuff because their community and their background that they had came from is dysfunctional, which they come out to the dumb functional world where they can function in and eventually they become a statistic where they in prison when or you know just like that which mm-hmm. they make um perfect slaves it, it, absolutely absolutely perfect slaves because for one they hungry slave master gonna feed them they hungry yeah because you <laughs> get that, three, three meals a day and, that, and that's a and that's a, that's a third uh equation to what you said, uh, low self-esteem plus white supremacy. So you can add, yeah, yeah, but you could also, well, I guess you could add this one to enslavement as an enslavement uh, equation there, because if you add uh, low self-esteem plus hunger plus white supremacy, that's an automatic oh, slave oh, for the most part. Oh, oh, for the most part. And that's, and that's, and when you, that's it. What you said, that's exactly what generational thought process is. What you said about the, the, the black kid, because for one, we don't communicate at all as a uh, as him as mankind, period. Uh, to one another, yeah. we, we we talk, we talk, you know, we are talk BS to each other, but we don't talk to each other as humanity, period. Now that then trickled down to now you have supremacy. Uh, white supremacy established and everything up under that that white supremacy is got they hold on now you have these black people that you say and passing it down to the generations to come because they are already uneducated because I can't pass down what I don't know mm-hmm. so and mm-hmm. now now you got the uneducated having babies and the system is literally written out for us to stay in the state that we in. Mm-hmm. So as far as going, as far as the hood is no cool, it's not cool. And how, how 
and now I'm wondering, like, now I'm, now I'm kind of getting the idea of where why we take bad things and make it out to be such a good thing, probably because how how because bad means good, and good means good as well. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cool cool means good, mm-hmm. even though cool is what's getting us killed and locked up and enslaved into the the, the innovation of enslavement, which is prison. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the thing about that stuff, and I'm glad you mentioned it while we see negative things as cool and good things as bad, because you got to understand, even though as far as in television, we had came a long way, if you were to go on here and name the top shows that's, that's popular among Black people, which is what? Power, Snowfall, for the science up all that dumb stuff. Oh, you know, et cetera. Right, and those shows, besides power to a certain extent, because I give it to power because power was one of its kind in terms of showing a character that maybe a don't drug dealer, but has some sort of complexity to, and some sort of um, range to, in terms of character kind of like the Dome Sopranos, but that's it. But beyond that, you know... Same story. Same right, story. Same, same story and stuff. Story. The and stuff. <laughs> so you have these shows and stuff, and it's like, wow, we had came all this Dome time, but the Dome most popular shows are these, um, still these type of shows. What about shows like comedy, which we do have, but what about shows like drama? What about shows like um, sci-fi, which there are shows like that, but they don't really promote it. You have shows like these that's uberly um, popular and stuff, and going back to the community where a lot of kids don't see positive role models and stuff. The only role models that they do see is what's on television and these don't rappers and what's around them stuff, which is the local drug dealer. They go on here and they um, strive to become like them, unlike other communities and stuff where they have everyday examples of the dumb businessman, of the handyman, of the dumb banker, of the dumb teacher, of the dumb professional and stuff. And does. They have role models to go on here and look up to. So what's cool for them is somebody that can actually help them. And thus, that's really uh, why what's bad for us is cool for us and, and you know what I'm saying, um, so forth. I feel like it's uh, it go. I I think it goes deeper than that actually, because uh, I feel like we get our negative from watching white people growing up, observation observation on white people growing up because we only can learn from observation. We couldn't read. And that's all we had around us was white people. And they get away with the stuff that they get away with, mm-hmm. even though they teach us that it's bad. So they get away with all the things that they're teaching us as bad. So it looks cool to us over time. I I mean, I'm just assuming, and that's what I think that's probably how it happened versus how cool 
mentally, like whatever, whatever disconnect that is, that we got cool, that bad things are cool Whoa. versus all oh, right. That, that's, yeah. Right. And stuff. And Ashley and stuff, if you want to say that we copy from white people, but they embarrass if you look at it early on, we did copy off of white people as far as doing good things and stuff. We copy off of their businesses, their marriage and stuff. If anything, back then before the 60s, black people had the highest marriages out of everybody. And not only that, but to also copy off of Coco white people, we had the most prosperous communities and stuff throughout the darn country. But what happened was, and not only that, but even what comes to rap and stuff, because remember early on, rap was conscious rap and was about empowerment and stuff, but until the dawn 90s where gangster rap had came in and stuff and so forth, and these dawn companies started to promote the dumb stuff and then slowly for surely, now, it, so it became what we know now. So we did have positive image where it's so but along the dawn way, as we were talking about before, what they did is they had seen a on profit, and also they had seen that what we were doing was powerful. So what they did is they had taken it, spin it, package it, and show it back out there for um, massive consumption. So now we see the don't final product. Well, well, yeah, I still say that came from from them. Like, like, yeah, we're saying the same thing. We're just saying it from different avenues and different aspects. Mm. Like, because, yeah, gangster rap came from them niggas being gangsters. You know? You know we, people act like, uh, just because they're overseas, they're not white. Like, what you, Europe is white. A Russian is white. An Italian is white. What do, just because I mean that's the way American white has gotten people's mind all disconnected from reality from making what you call that deflecting from what they're doing like America is American white is awesome at concealment they act like you know, it has a dictatorship. I mean, they act like this is this is no dictatorship. They act like this is not a racist country. They act like this is not a bad country. This, they, they act like this is not even a third world country. Like, what the heck does third world mean anyway, really? Because when you really look at it, America is a rich third world country. If you want to have add stuff to stuff. But I'm like... What do you think a government, as far as a, this is not a dictatorship, a government period is a dictatorship. You don't have to say, you don't have to be up here and stating um, Hitler this and who, who dom this to be a dictator. Having a government period is a dictatorship. As far as all that other stuff, supremacy, racism, this is not a racist country. We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't here. Mm. We wouldn't be protesting about if, if this is not a racist country, you wouldn't be fighting so hard to say that it is not a racist country. Mm. 
And you got people, you got people actually fighting the same battles and not doing anything actually. Like they're not doing what white people did to actually get into the 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 the, uh, the state that they're in. And, and, and yes, this sounds exactly like, hey man, we should do a January sits on them. Yay and nay. But at this, but at the same time, it's like, like for real though, like for real. Can you just stop for a minute and listen to each other? Like listen to each other. You will realize that neither one of y'all are talking about anything new. No, the fight, this civil war, is nothing new. Y'all haven't mentioned anything new. Y'all haven't have y'all haven't not done anything new. All these things that y'all are giving black people, oh Jesse Jackson just got an award for civil rights leadership, but blah blah blah. This nigga been fighting this his whole life. What about the like the 25 years prior that and the 25 years prior that and prior that and so on and so on and so forth. Nothing has changed, but yet we going forth as if progress has happened. Nothing, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. And we're acting like, we're acting like it ain't more of us than it is them. And what I mean by them, I mean government, period. And what I mean by us, I mean civilization outside of the government since for so you think why do we need a, a why do we need people to speak for us do you realize you have no choice in anything these vote these votes mean nothing to them nothing to them you're over here voting on who is going to control who you over here voting on who is going to control who. <laughs> That's what I can think of. So what's changing? The only thing changing is the white person is supposedly the face of who's ever in charge. And that's the president. That's the only thing that's changing. It's like they're, it, it's literally a game to them. Like life, life period. I don't know what life is essentially. <laughs> like other than man, just living it, but like life as a thing, life as a thing to them is a literal game. Just the justice system alone, the system alone tells you how much of a game this is to them. The war is about nothing. To them, it's about who controls who and how much of who controls what. But take that out of the equation, War is about nothing, and we are getting killed for nothing, and people are being brainwashed into believing that they're fighting for something, and that something is their life. You got to give your life in order for other people not to control them. Mm -hmm. And that, that's why I said they can, they can, like you said, be bold and snap their fingers today and we back in chains, and we will literally be back in chains just like that. Mm -hmm. Just like that, because we ain't going to do nothing about it, because we're not doing anything about it now, other than me and you talking right now. With that being said, 
to my um, other point is this. How do we know uh, our decisions is the decisions that we made? And it's not something that has been programmed. And as you said, we'll come to this whole pandemic that it has shown that people literally have no idea of how to go out, simply go outside and live anymore because of this darn pandemic and stuff. And they forget how to go on here and think for themselves. This country <laughs> in particular live on convenience, meaning that it's convenient for me to go on here and have something else do it or have something else do the don't live work instead of me. And not to mention so much to the point where now convenience is a business. And you can go out there right now and get paid because people want convenience instead of going on ahead and working for themselves. Don't even want to go on here and drive down the street and get their own food. Now they can go on here and pay people to do that from doing that to um, going shopping at the um, grocery stores and et cetera. So we live in a society which is it's convenient for some else to do it rather than ourselves. So going back to those questions, is our decision really our decisions or somebody else's decisions? Mm, man, I, I think the most logical answer to this is you don't know. I don't know, you don't know, and they don't know either. Because I don't know if I'm being programmed to think the way that I'm thinking, for sure. And I don't know if I'm being alive. Or if I'm actually deviating from what we call a program. Because technically, teaching, period, is programming, if you want to look at it. So anywhere I go, every single one of us who is a human being, and shoot, if you're a living organism, you've been programmed for something. Whether it be us as human beings, how we teach each other, show each other, talk to each other. Animals, they do the same thing. They talk to each other. They show each other. Organisms, like smaller microscopic organisms, whatever is biological in their system that's already programmed, which they getting programmed from something else, I don't know. But something is telling atoms to do things and that's a program you've been programmed to do that said thing whatever that atom has been written to do and wherever it came from so again if you want to go technical i don't know because i asked that same question that's been programmed like i feel like i feel like i feel like I'm viewing everybody acting out, acting, not acting their lives out versus being themselves. That's what I, that, that's from what I see when I look at the world, that I see everybody doing and saying the same thing, like for real, word for word, I would like to sum them word for word or randomly coming from the Rolodex of wherever that random is 
But anywhere it go, it's like a cycle of everybody repeating the same thing that I'm that I see. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I, I ain't saying and I, I ain't viewing as as I'm crazy. But what I do do is I, is I speak out about it. I speak and, and I talk about it, which is whatever talk. And I'm like, and that's the yeah, and that that too goes with your question. Am I being programmed to view that like that? Or am I actually deviating from what we believe is a written program for us? That come, that's why I asked you that um that purpose, mm-hmm. that purpose question. Yeah, and yeah, and going back, yeah, and now going to my final point from are our decisions really our decisions from this to purpose? As you asked, was purpose and stuff, and uh, do we need a purpose, right? Or if you believe in purpose, uh, mm-hmm. why are you searching for it? That's a good question, particularly um, at the stage of my life, because it's like this: before purpose comes you have to have what we say a foundation and structure and foundation and structure comes with discipline but we learn these things and stuff from a uh, far bar um, upbringing because from the moment you get up you do something from um, from the start of the day to the end of the dawn day and by doing that each stone day, you are either building up to something and trying to achieve something, or you just living day by day aimlessly, which goes on here, makes us further vulnerable to be even more programmed and conditioned that we are already are and thus. We go on here and chase things that something else told us that is important versus what we know that's going to give us happiness and meaning and fulfillment in our life. Thus, the ultimate goal is to go on here and have a life worthwhile. So basically, that's what purpose is, finding meaning, finding the reason for living and finding happiness and being able to make your life worth living for to reach a certain don't go. And the end goal would be to have a meaningful, purposeful life. Hmm, okay. Do you believe in purpose and or and do you have one? I, I believe in purpose because without purpose, we are just hold on. You say you believe in it, but do you have one? Um, not yet, but I'm working to form a purpose because it's like okay, okay, okay. So it's like I have the basic ingredients and what I'm doing now, I'm stirring the pot to where the picture become clear. And thus, I go on here and do it because I have a basic idea of 
what my purpose is, but you know how they say that you have a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And with that journey and stuff, you found more and more and more about what your purpose is. So that's where I'm at because I have a general idea of what my purpose is, but to complete it and to further see it, so I'm on the own journey to work towards it. So the closer I get to my purpose, the clearer um, it will become. I have a total different outlook on purpose. I believe purpose is a waste of time to search for. Uh, I believe if you believe in purpose, I think if you believe in purpose, you believe that your life is already premeditated for you already. Like it's already written out for you if you believe in purpose. That's what I that's what I think for people who do believe in purpose. That means you I feel like you think that uh somewhere some type of godlike creature has already written out your life for you. Therefore, you're searching for that purpose. This is why I say I feel like purpose is a waste of time to search for because you're miserable the whole time you're searching for purpose versus living your life and doing what you like to do. It's like that whole thing that the the question that you ask, are you making your own decisions? And the question that I feel like the answer is, I don't know. I'm, I know I know that I'm doing this thing that we call thinking. And if I think enough, that's me making a decision. So, but am I already premeditated to make that decision that I've thought about already? That I don't know. Therefore, I would think that a purpose is somewhere out there for me. And if I acknowledge that, then I should, from that day forth, be searching for whatever purpose that may be. Now, let's just say I think I found my purpose. Emphasis on the word think. I use that I think I found my purpose because I'm not sure. This makes me feel real good when I do it, but is it my purpose? I'm real good at it, and it's still making me feel good when I do it. But is this my purpose? That question will always be up in the air, even if you believe that, okay, bet. I think this is my purpose. I'm a, I, I feel like this is me. I feel like this is what... Some say God sent me to do, put me on earth to do, or some just feels like, hey, man, I feel like this is what I was put on earth to do. Don't even put God in it, but that something had to put you on earth if you're using the word put. And if something put you on earth, then yeah, you probably had a purpose since you were put on earth versus just appearing 
on earth. I feel like this wraps up, uh, wraps around what I think the meaning of life is. Again, I don't know the meaning of life, but this is what I think it is, is that I think the meaning of life is to live your life. No matter where you come from, what your life is at the moment, how rich or poor you are, anywhere it go, if you got your eyes open, or if, matter of fact, even if you are aware that your eyes are closed, that means you're conscious. And if you're conscious, you're living life. So I feel like the meaning of life is to live it, not searching for a purpose because you're miserable. At least for the most part, at least from what I've experienced myself. Uh, honestly, I didn't experience it myself because I never not really did what I didn't like. Like if I experienced it, I experienced it. You know, now it's up to me if I like it or not. So the meaning of life is just you living and the purpose of you living is that you. I feel like the purpose, if, if there is a purpose, I feel like the purpose is you. You are the purpose of your life. And anybody in anybody in or anything that you choose to be a part of your life has become a part of your purpose. If it makes you happy, it's going to be a part of your life, making that part of your purpose into making you feel good about your life. If you don't like it, usually people put out of their life what they don't like. Therefore, that's not going to have be a purpose in your life. Even if other people bring it up because they like doing it or bring it up in the topic of conversation, it'll be just that topic of conversation. It's not really a part of your life, meaning that it's no purpose for it. Therefore, there's no purpose for it to be a part of your life because your life is your purpose. That was a lot. My bad with if I if I lost you on that. But that's that's what I get about that about purpose. It's like I feel like it's a waste of time to search for it because you're gonna be miserable searching for it. And I feel like you're miserable even if you think you found it. I feel like you're miserable upholding that purpose, the upkeep of that purpose. I feel like that's killing you because it's bringing stress to you because you got to do X amount of this to uphold that purpose versus it just making you happy. I just wanted to hear some other feedback other than my own thoughts on it. That's why I asked you that. Mm -hmm. Really, you are not saying anything different than what I'm saying, but the component that you have put in which we had said that may be the one similarity between our two um, statements is basically you have to have yourself and put it into a purpose. Otherwise, it's already um, pre-made for you. And thus, in order to really find a purpose, you have to first have the person in it. And 
for the person to be in it, that person have to go on here and know who he and she is and who they are, and what they're about and what their value and worth is in order to be able to what you kind of describe in a way a genuine purpose. Because without the dawn um, purpose, I mean, without the dawn person, that quote, quote, purpose is pre-made and stuff. And thus, as I was saying, going back to our previous conversation, our, our, our um, decisions, really our decisions are, or if it's programmed for us to go on here and to make these decisions, and thus we are chasing after false um, um, purposes and goals and stuff. And basically, to your point, basically what you have described and stuff, saying that it's a waste of time and stuff because you're always going to be stressing and always miserable because you're trying to uphold a purpose that you, you think may think that is your purpose, but it's already been pre-made by somebody else. And thus, the solution to that is to have the person included in that own purpose, but in order to be able to have that person included, that person has to know who he or she is and who they are and what they're about and what they value is and what um, their worth is in order to have a genuine purpose. Yes, I do agree that knowing oneself is the first step to purpose because if you don't know what makes you happy, then you don't know what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. But but searching, like actively, actively, actively searching and just doing a bunch of bull crap, people know who and what they are. But they... It's this thing called recognition and affirmations. Like that's the only thing that people actually wear and care about. Recognition and affirmations. Like you, you know exactly who you are because you know what you don't like, but you you still play, you still play, you still play the parts that you don't like just to get recognition, which will in turn lead to affirmation. Basically, all that is is attention. Oh, I know I can be a bitch. Oh, I know I can be this. Oh, I know I could be a nigga. Oh, I could. Oh, I know I be doing this. You know that, and you know, mostly everybody around you don't care for that. And then what do you do? The recognition card, variation of the recognition card. Which I just, it just when I be who this. Now here it is, and you know that you already be like this because you stated in your your preset of this recognition portion here. Now, after we got that all out your system, here come the affirmations. And that's what you're looking for. The affirmation. Why? I don't know, but that's the attention. So we know, we know what we are. We just again, we want the recognition and act like we gotta grow versus actually growing. Why we do that as human beings, I don't know again. That's, I, 
I don't know. I don't know why we gotta learn the hard route. I still, no matter what, no, no matter what the trials and tribulations were to get there, whether again, I don't know whether it's preset, which is faith in destiny, though what we call, or me actually going through the process of what we call thinking and me coming up with my own conclusion. How do I know that's not actually preset as well? I don't know, but I do feel like what I is that I'm thinking about is not preset. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I'm preset to go against God if God is a real thing. And if what we talk about is this in this religion of where God presides in, purpose is just a is just a activity to keep us doing something into the time God does his preset thing for us. But by me thinking outside the box, which is me literally going against God, because I'm thinking for myself, I don't think that purpose is, I don't think you have to search for purpose. Purpose has always been there and it's always been you. You have been a purpose. You're the only thing that that that's your life is solely your purpose and everything else that you choose to have in your life becomes your purpose your family your friends you chose to give them purpose in your life therefore your life is your purpose stop searching for purpose and just make your life happy by doing the things you like to do within your life so yeah, I, I don't yeah I don't I, that I think that falls under the criteria of remember when I told you I perceive the world as people acting out their lives versus actually living out their genuine emotions. Mm-hmm. I think that falls. I think that's thinking about it now. I think that falls under that criteria of that. All right. Well, hey, man, this was this was good talking. Uh, don't say bye to the listeners. All right, listeners. So I'm about to head out, but I have a blast and I will definitely be back real soon. So it was nice talking with all y'all guys and I'll see y'all guys soon. Awesome. Awesome. I want to give a shout out to our listeners as well. Y'all guys have been just as awesome as us. And I hope y'all listen to this episode. This was like a nice bit of intel and intellect i like to say <laughs> and uh uh but to the next episode of whatever talk stop searching for your purpose <laughs> whatever gotta get a whatever out of you whatever if you would have made it this far but then you made it to the end of the show you can stay posted but we gotta go but wait a minute leave a comment tell us what you think about it come again tell a friend tell whoever listening whatever talk, whatever talk.